And because there are more opportunities, now I go out, my auditions are from the top to the bottom. I can go in for an undercover cop who's pretending to be a gang member. I go in for an IT guy. I go in for the new DA. I go in the best friend and I'm like this is incredible like it's like that. it's like Christmas I mean I feel bipolar by the end of the week <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's absolutely incredible that I am now having the opportunity to go in for all these different characters that shows every facet not necessarily a man of color but a but a man but period. man period yeah right mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. salute to that man I love that get me fired up over here sir <laughs> My God, I, I won't ever be covered in blood running around with my top off. I just don't have the I don't have the rack for it. So. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, the, the adult drink I had before this actually hasn't kicked in yet. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Everyone should know that uh, that Max did send me a, uh, a case of tequila. So we're, we're doing shot for shot every time we say the word acting. <laughs> exactly. You're giving away all my secrets, though. <laughs> oh, my. Acting. <laughs> That is, that is the worst that. deal I've ever had. Yeah. I gotta tell you, you gotta upgrade. I'm in entertainment. What? I can't afford the good stuff. <laughs> good evening, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this podcast, and I am broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has set, and the moonlight is now upon us. Thank you so much for joining me on this broadcast tonight. I want to remind all of our listeners that you can listen to all the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website. Please make sure you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out and by skin in the game. You need to have a few credits under your belt. We value that for credibility purposes. Also, strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone listening that this is an information and discussion-based podcast. We do not censor ourselves, and we certainly do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. I'm very excited about tonight's guest, a gentleman by the name of Justin Key. And let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Key. Justin Key is an actor, mathematician, entrepreneur, and speaker. He is an alumnus of Lemoyne Owen College, AMDA College, and Conservatory of the Performing Arts, Mount St. Mary's University, and the American Conservatory Theater. He's been featured alongside Hollywood veterans such as Taraji P. Henson, Kevin Hart, and Will Ferrell. He shared the stage with the likes of Marla Gibbs, Kenny Lattimore, and Jackie Harry, to name a few. He's also named 2016 Top 40 Under 40 Elite Urban Professionals for his philanthropic efforts in the arts, education, and business arenas. Justin currently has print campaigns running for Walmart, Ross, and Burlington Coat Factory. Mr. Key is the premier example of what you can become 
with education, tenacity, passion, and faith. I'm really looking forward to sharing this wonderful discussion with you, first-time listeners and long-time listeners. This is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh batch of popcorn. Sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Mr. Justin Key, it is a pleasure to have you on this podcast here today. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's uh, ah, quite a treat here. <laughs> you're doing some awesome stuff, sir. So I'm glad that you're able to uh, hang out with us tonight. And God, we've got much to discuss. So let's kind of jump right in here okay. and, and give our listeners a little bit of uh, context here, sir. So, you know, I'd like to start with backstories. I feel that's one of the best places to start <laughs> in folks' lives. And, you know, would you mind sharing where you were born and raised and how you got started in this whole crazy film and television industry? Oh, the world of entertainment. So <laughs> I born and raised in Tennessee. I grew up on my grandparents' farm in Rossville, Tennessee. That's about 30 minutes outside of Memphis. Yeah. I am the eighth of nine kids. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. So <laughs> grew up on a full-fledged farm. So nice. we had cows and chickens and horses and pigs <laughs> and puns. And it was literally like we were in a different world compared to city life. Wow. So and I definitely believe that's where my imagination and creativity was birthed because I lived in the cornfield. Wow. I just dreamt and of life in Hollywood before I even really knew what Hollywood was, hmm. you know, performing for the animals. It, it sounds a little cuckoo, but it's exactly <laughs> what I, exactly what I did. And back in those days, back in those days, it makes me sound so old, but back <laughs> in the nineties right. it's when kids love to be outside. So we were outside until it was pitch black and then we were in the country. So we didn't have street lights. So when it was dark, it was dark. So we definitely had to get in the house <laughs> oh my. Before, before it was completely dark. And so getting from school, it was creativity, imagination, running around the farm, riding the horses, picking apples, fishing in the ponds, oh, nice. and, you know, <laughs> taking care of the chickens and the horses and the cows, schoolwork. It was such an amazing life to live as a child. Now the word organic is so popular, but we didn't know it was organic because we ate our own. We ate the food that we grew on the farm. Nice. So yeah. it was a healthy, happy, safe, non-city like childhood. And it was, it was absolutely incredible. Oh absolutely my goodness. Incredible. Crazy. Yeah. By yes. the way, was anyone in your family sort of into this show business thing as well? Or are you the only uh, one with well, those creative? I, <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I am the only one as a wow. matter of fact, I am the only one that's even out of the state of Tennessee. Everyone what? is still, everyone is still there. And it's the funniest thing in the world because I do go back to Memphis quite often. I'm on several boards of different nonprofits in Memphis. So I yeah. go back to meetings and different events. And it's just great see, going, being able to go back and use my experience from Los Angeles, use the influence that I have to raise funds for different organizations, see family and friends, because I've been in Los Angeles now for about 10 and a half years. So yeah. I get to go and see my nieces and nephews who normally wouldn't see me because I'm usually working so much. So that's another reason why I took the positions to do so much and give back in the city of Memphis so that I can see family, you know, give back 
and, you know, take those much needed breaks from the crazy world of entertainment that we all go through when living in Los Angeles or New York. Oh, right. That's fantastic. That's got to be nice, though, too. Going back that way, too. I mean, for one, you finally fresh air. (laughs) 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 I mean, that alone would be pretty therapeutic. But also, I think you probably have a pretty fascinating view of the sky there, too, as well. Right. I mean, at night. The stars are incredible. As as a child, we we could because it's it's such a if you're familiar with the television show Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, my hometown is very similar. Huh. So everything is very clean. Everything is very southern. That we would stay outside right in front of the house and then just stare up at the sky, and we would catch fireflies during the summers oh, and. Yeah trees the grass we love summer because when when the grass would be cut you know you would smell the cut of fresh grass and it would be just incredible i mean now as a child i didn't necessarily appreciate it as much as i do now right but i definitely enjoyed it and now in my life i appreciate it even more yeah it's funny i Go back east too. i'm from uh, the east coast as well pittsburgh uh, pennsylvania so yeah i miss the Fresh cut grass, you know, the, the fireflies too. Those things are crazy. <laughs> I remember catching them. And my sister and I would catch those in our hands and uh, it was just cool. <laughs> I remember that stuff. It's cool that, uh, you know, you're able to go back and experience that. I need to do that some more now. You have me, uh, if you need to do that now. <laughs> That's fantastic. With you, with Pittsburgh, definitely going back during, not the winter, unless you're oh, no. used to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to go in the uh, in the spring or summer. Otherwise, it's just a mess. My God. But uh, that's fascinating. That's really, really cool. When did you realize you could do this, this entertainment thing professionally? I would say the moment it dawned on me was perhaps high school. Mm. Now, my parents were very skeptical. And as I mentioned earlier, no one in my family has even left Tennessee. Yeah. So me saying that I wanted to move to Los Angeles to pursue acting, my parents, well, you need to get a degree first. And then once you get the degree, you can then make the decision if you want to go. Right. I said, perfect. I'll apply to school. So I applied to many schools, got into them. I chose a school in Memphis and at Lamont on colleges where I received my bachelor's in mathematics. Mm-hmm. Now, but at Lamont, I did commercials. I was in all the productions. I was Mr. Lamont on college and SGA vice president. So that allowed me to be in front of as many crowds as possible, speaking, presenting the mayor of the city if celebrities came in town because mm because the city knew that I wanted to be a professional actor, they would set up meetings that when celebrities came in town, I could have lunch or coffee or tea with them oh, wow. to just discuss life and the entertainment industry and how, how Hollywood really is versus what we think it is from just sending on television. Right. So I, and my parents were thinking because I did so well in undergrad academically, they was like, Oh, he's going to go and get a master's in mathematics or go get a degree. They had no idea that, I was staying true to to the promise and the decision that we made in the very beginning. Wow. Once I had a degree, get to make the decision whether or not I was moving to Los Angeles. So my senior year, I snuck off to Nashville, Tennessee, and I auditioned for the American Musical and, and Dramatic Academy. They were having auditions in, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So around March, 
of 2006, I got the call from the admissions office and said, hello, Justin, this is Amda calling. We just want to let you know that you got in and you got a scholarship. Hmm. And I was, I don't, I don't think I had been that emotional in the entire four years of undergrad. Yeah. So now finally announced I'm moving to Los Angeles in a few months after graduation to train professionally as an actor living in Hollywood. Oh, wow. And it, it was, it was one of the best moments of my life. My I can God. honestly. God, craziness. That's a hell of a story. By the way, when you got here, how did you start booking jobs? How did you go from just like somebody who's new to the town to actually getting work? After I graduated from Amder, from um, majoring in, in acting, I immediately got an agent. Michael Dragomir was my very first agent, and he's he was so incredible. Yeah, he'd send me text message. Oh, Justin, how's it how's it going? How did the audition go? You want to grab coffee? I'm in your part of town. I assume that's how that was an agent actor or agent talent relationship because that's all I had known. Mm. But I found out, you know, from friends that that's not necessarily the relationship that they had with their agents. Yeah. And so my very first job, which was basically, I think a few months after I graduated, I booked an international campaign for Walmart. Right. Mm -hmm. And so pictures were in, pictures would be in every Walmart store in the world. And wow. the first place they put, they put the pictures of me was in the South. So we know Walmart headquarters is in Arkansas, which of yeah. course is right over the bridge from Memphis. Mm -hmm, yeah. So when the pictures went up in every Walmart, because I didn't tell my family about it. <laughs> so, oh my. And if you know anything about the South, yep. Walmart is just a couple of steps above what they think of heaven. Yeah. So when they walked <laughs> to Walmart and saw my pictures flooding the stores, wow. it's like, oh, Justin has made it. Oh, my baby. Oh, <laughs> I always knew he was going to be somebody. He's Denzel. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's just a campaign for Walmart. I'm, you know, I don't have a Tony or an Emmy or an Oscar just yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. Still, that's... But it was, it was, yeah, it was incredible. My, yeah. very, my very first, my very first job booking ever was an international campaign for Walmart. And, and it was a five-year contract. Wow. That's fantastic. It's cool. Cause you've been able to uh, do work for Ross for Burlington coat factory. It's, it's crazy. You know, I think people wonder how they get into that. Does that work really come from, you know, a manager and, you know, knowing somebody to kind of get your name out there. Is there anything that folks that want to do that work can kind of do to kind of obtain uh, that kind of work? This print yeah, work is awesome. Yes, print work is incredible. Now, to get the the bigger gigs like a Walmart or Burlington, you're definitely going to need representation. Yeah, because those breakdowns only go. Well, they only go through breakdown services. So you would need you would need an agent or a manager to be able to have access to the breakdown to even know that those particular companies are having auditions for modeling for their products or their services. But before that, there are sites like Model Mayhem. Mm, yeah. Let's say if you never model professionally, but you want to build a portfolio, Model Mayhem is a networking site for models, makeup artists and photographers to meet and network. Maybe they're building their portfolio and they need models or maybe you're building your portfolio and you want to have a different array of photographers in your portfolio. That's a great way to start because I look at some of the pricing now and pictures are getting extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah they are. So 
we know this industry, this is not a cheap industry. So definitely have to spend money to be in it. I definitely have seen the, the shift from when I first moved out here to what I see now. Right. Yeah. Building a portfolio, knowing how to take pictures, making sure that the lighting is correct. And I always, you know, when I run into actors, Oh, well, how do I get into modeling? How do I, you know, book print work as an actor? I said, well, knowing how to take pictures is very important, extremely important, making sure that you don't just take pictures with any photographer, make sure they can shoot your skin tone. Right. Because you can, you can look washed out or it could be completely too dark. Make sure they're not retouching too much where if you walk into an audition, you look absolutely nothing like your headshot. Mm, Yeah. Then they're like, uh, we wanted to see the person on the picture and casting directors and even agents and managers. They're very upfront about that as well about mm, good point you need to look like your pictures oh i'm glad you spoke about that it's some fantastic points there and a little bit of framework there for folks that are um, looking to get into this industry from somebody who's doing it so that's fantastic i appreciate you uh sharing that absolutely Definitely. now <laughs> you know is there anything you wish you would have kind of known about this industry now that you've been here for a bit <laughs> you know you <laughs> so I, I moved here not knowing anything about the industry. Yeah, I mean, not knowing anything about the industry. And I definitely wish I had done my research to know more about the business. Mm, right. Because I've learned that it's show business and we really have to put an emphasis on business. Mm-hmm. And I've heard throughout my 10 years of being here that it's 10% talent, 90% business. Right. Because you can be the best actor or the best singer or the best dancer in the world, but if you don't know how to maneuver through the business side of the industry, then it's almost non-existent because you have to know how to get an agent. You need to know how to get a manager. You need to know what contracts you're signing to make sure that the percentages are correct. Like, is your agent taking 10%? Is your manager taking 15%? Mm -hmm. Do you need both? Or how do you network in the industry? What is really networking? Networking isn't necessarily what you can do for me, but initially, what can I do for you? Because that experience is so important. And, you know, when you're in a position or you tend to have fame or success, people come to you and want, they want so much. But how are you going to stand out? You really want to try to learn as much as possible. So offering your services like, oh, well, I'm gifted in this area. Oh, well, if you need this, how can I assist? And then you get to learn the business side of the industry that isn't necessarily taught in the classroom. Right. Right. That is ah, good stuff right here, folks. My goodness. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about networking, too. It's interesting that you brought that up. I want to ask you about that in a second half of our program a little bit, kind of, you know, pick your brain about, you know, some things that have worked for you in the past too, as well. But yeah, that's uh, fascinating. I think, as you said, that business side of things is so, so critical. And, you know, oftentimes a lot of folks are coming into town and, and don't really know, you know, kind of the, uh, the way things work out here. And it's, it's a different type of animal and you really don't, Mm -hmm have that kind of uh, information available, you know, in certain cities, you know, LA is kind of like its own vehicle that, um, you know, you kind of have to go from training wheels to like <laughs> riding, <laughs> riding with no hands quick. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's crazy. Um, good stuff. I'm 
appreciate you sharing what you have about that because uh, I think that's so so critical. Now you have awesome uh, acting portfolio. Is there a role uh, or you know performances that kind of stick out as some of your favorites? Yes. So first, I would say in the theater because I do theater, television, and film. Yeah. In the theater, I finished a run of a soldier's play. Mm, nice. And I, it, the work is just the play is incredible. Yeah in my opinion, is absolutely incredible. And I've had the two times that I've done the play, I've actually played the same character, CJ Memphis. And he's like the Southern, well, well, the entire cast is majority Southern, but he's the, he's a star of the baseball team and he yeah. sings and he has a guitar and being from Memphis, it's almost like, oh, CJ Memphis and he sings. I was like, oh, this is, a, this is such, such a great character, but he's such a strong character. And I love the emotional roller coaster that he goes through mm. in the production. Right. You get to flex, those, flex those muscles. <laughs> you, 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 re- muscles. you really do. So all, yeah. of, so all the money you spent, all of these years of training, now it's time to show and prove. Right. Now with television, I am more so a crime drama nice. guy. <laughs> I, I, absolutely, I absolutely adore them. And it's pilot season currently in Los Angeles. So yep. I've been going out a ton nice. for a lot of the pilots centered around crime dramas, which of course is a really, really big thing. I think the, I think the statistics came out recently that, for example, Law & Order SVU is the longest running yep. crime drama on television mm-hmm. right now so and it's and it's not slowing down anytime soon nope. <laughs> so and then you, it, it's and it's such a great it's such a great time for actors of color for television right now right and they have so many incredible incredible roles and incredible shows like insecure yep and this is us and sterling is k us. brown yep. absolutely incredible and then there's so many brand new shows oh no that, you've got that, so many Yes. Yes. The um, power you've got. Oh, empire you've got. Atlanta. I mean, there's there's just a scandal even to a degree. But (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, you've got so many. Um, you're seeing so many more um wonderful, colorful faces on screen. It's quite encouraging and inspiring to say the least. I agree, and I think it's inspiring a renaissance of actors to really go for it. Right. Because you're not just a co-star or a guest star anymore you could easily be the lead you could easily carry the show Corey hawkins is now carrying 24 yep and it's like wow this is absolutely incredible where yeah. is jack bauer <laughs> <laughs> now we have agent carter so yep. we're, we're extremely hopeful yeah. and grateful for the opportunity to definitely represent yeah it's quite fascinating i um was wondering as a man of color do you find that we get more distinguished roles the older we get. Because, I mean, if you look at Denzel, for example, like if you look at some of the roles that he had when he was younger and now the roles that he gets now and just some of the other actors that are like really doing some wonderful things, do you think that you know, it's kind of like a fine wine when Hollywood, that uh, Hollywood, and this may be too due to some of the perceptions um, and some of the misperceptions too of um, men of color, but some of the things that we're trying to overcome uh, mm-hmm. in terms of our the way where you know our images are displayed on screen but yeah do you think that it there's a difference between the types of roles men of color get depending on age i do you really have to follow the trend of of how they're casting men of color yeah because it, there was a point or a time when 
they they really only wanted I would say guys that 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 were more threatening. Mm, yeah, and quote and, unquote threatening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll put, exactly. We'll put our quotes so, on that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Certain so image. a lot of my audition and. I can play the role, but if you initially see me, I wouldn't, as my mom, as my mom often say, I, I wouldn't scare a flea. Right. And so going into auditions, it was always for a threatening guy or an athlete. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm more so, I'm more so physically a, a nerdy, a nerdy guy. Yeah. I mean, I have a degree in mathematics in real life, but I could actually play that character. Right. And so then, and then the trend changed where they wanted the non-threatening man of color. And so I knew that at that time I would book quite a bit because it, it has shifted. You now see what's on television is more so the non-threatening guy. And then it eventually evolved to, oh, now we want someone who's more so attractive. So I think that's when I believe every man of color grew a beard in Hollywood. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone's rocking the beard. Right. Everyone's like, oh, the beard uh, <laughs> signifies you're sexy and you're masculine and strong. So that was the thing now. Right. And now, and since you mentioned Denzel and the different roles, and because there are more opportunities, now I go out, my auditions are from the top to the bottom. I can go in for an undercover cop who's pretending to be a gang member. I go in for an IT guy. I go in for the new DA. I go in for the best friend. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, it's like, that. it's like Christmas. I mean, I feel bipolar by the end of the week. <laughs> 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 but I think it's absolutely incredible that I am now having the opportunity to go in for all of these different characters that shows every facet, not necessarily a man of color, but a, but a man, but period. a man period. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, salute to that, man. I love that. You get me fired up over here, sir. <laughs> My God, that's tremendous. Now I've got to ask you because I know there's some roles out there that you want to play and you want to, you know, flex those as those creative muscles. Is there a role that you've, want to play but you haven't had that opportunity to play that yet and that could be a lot of roles but is there something specific that you really want to do right now like if you could just craft your ideal role right this moment what would that be i am so glad you asked that question so if you're familiar with if you're familiar with the show blackish yeah the oldest daughter they're giving her a spinoff show and she's Mm -hmm. going to college i would absolutely adore playing a lead college professor oh nice good stuff i I love the way blackish is written i love the way that it's directed and i do know that i do believe that that the spinoff for the oldest daughter going to college would be an absolute hit and a lot of people are saying or or asking i wonder if if it's going to be similar to a different world Mm, yeah which which of course great um, show was a phenomenal show. Yeah. And so I would love, 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 love a role on on that spinoff. My goodness, you hear that folks listening? You hear that uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, have, I have my agent and manager. I have their I have nice. their ears to the ground. Good. So stuff. as soon as the show is greenlit and as soon as the breakdowns for the characters, I will get in that room. Love that. I, Get in that room and I am going to showcase every bit of acting training I've ever had 
and every experience I've ever had to book that role. That's fantastic. By the way, if there's an indie filmmaker that kind of approaches you with that kind of role, are you going to uh, be in on that? Yes. Good deal. Yes. I, <laughs> I am one of those actors that I love acting so much. Please send me a script. That's I mean, of course, it has to go through the channels of my agent and manager because that's how it works in Hollywood. But they understand that if, that if it's a project that I absolutely love, they will move heaven and earth to make sure that I get a chance to do it. Oh, salute to that. Good deal. Glad you shared that. Now, what's been one of your most enjoyable accomplishments thus far? One of my most enjoyable accomplishments. Yeah. I would say I've had the opportunity to work with Kevin Hart twice. Mm, yeah. Hilarious. And <laughs> it was so incredible like to see him work, to see him on set, to see his professionalism to see his tenacity. When the director yells, cut, he's still going. Wow. And it's so hilarious. And, and I just love his work ethic. And to be an actor on set with him and then doing it twice, like even in rehearsal, seeing him giving it 100%, yeah. it blows my mind to see that there's never any complaining. It's doing the work. It's making it enjoyable and loving what you do. So that's one of the one of the most enjoyable, just watching him as a fellow actor, watching him perform. Right. Oh, very interesting. Is there anybody else that you would want to work with that uh, kind of sticks out right now that you'd want to have an opportunity to uh, collaborate with? Yes. Uh, Sterling K. Brown mm, is yeah. he's my big brother in my head. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely I think it's, it, it would be incredible to work with him. I do want to work with Shonda Rhimes as well. Right. I, I think she, she definitely has the Midas touch <laughs> because her, her characters are so intrinsic. They have their own universe. Mm. She writes them so well that it's all about that particular character. Like we can, and there's stuff that we find out. We, as soon as we think we know a character, we find out we know nothing about them. Right. Oh, so I, great point. I, I, yes, I love that. Yeah. I love, love, love that. Keeping the audience on the edge of their seats. Hell yeah. That's, she's a wizard at that. She's really mastered that. Just a fantastic storyteller to say the Agreed. least. My goodness. Now, how do you prepare for a role? Would you mind kind of taking our listeners through your preparation process briefly before we go to a, a break here? Because I'm curious. Yes. Yes. For an example, I had a big audition with the USA Network on yesterday. Mm. And it's it was it's a new pilot and it's based in the 90s. Yeah. So first I read the breakdown, then I read the script. And then I go through the script and I start making my notes. What is the intention for every single line? Every single line that I say, what is the intention? So my scripts are always marked up heavily. Like, what is my intention? Right. What is my action? Mm -hmm. Within, I would say, so I put myself into that character's position. So I try to throw out what Justin would want. Mm -hmm. I, add, I add part of myself in it because I think that's what makes the role unique. Yeah. You, you have to put yourself in the roles. So you personalize so, it. Personalize it. You have yeah, to. Right. So what would Justin do? Now what would the character do? And then I tend to find what I think the character would do. And then I find a hybrid so that I'm when I go into the room, I'm not like every other actor. I'm bringing something new and something different. Ah, I see. 
And for that particular audition, I knew that it was based off events from the 90s. And I listened to all 90s music right before I went in to prepare. Because when I go into an audition, I go in a hybrid state. So I go in half Justin, half the character. Nice. And then so that it's easy when, when the casting director says action. Right. And I go into it, so it's not a it's not a jump from zero to a hundred. I'm already in there. I'm already in that space. So I've already I've already broken down the script, my intentions on what I'm trying to get across, my actions, my moves, and I know what mindset. Like I know if it's the '90s, who was the president at that time? What was happening in the country at that time? What was the popular music at that time? Yeah. And then I go I go in 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 that state, and oh, I think love that. that and that tends to seal the deal. It's right. like you're so involved, you're, you're so in it. And I, and I love when I hear that from casting directors. That's typically my process. Yeah, it's fantastic. The hybrid state, you know, being in that creative space, doing the research too, to kind of uh, find that character. I love that. That's uh, fantastic. Does it take you a while to um, break out of character? Do you know what? I do have to come down. Yeah. I do have to come down, give me 10 to 15 minutes to digress. One thing I have when it comes to auditions, I always have something to do before and after an audition so that my mind isn't stuck on the audition. Mm. Because one thing actors tend to do is beat themselves up over what happened. Oh, I didn't do this. Oh, I didn't do that. No, because that moment has already passed. Mm -hmm. So don't allow those thoughts because we are our biggest critics. So don't allow that negativity to even come into your atmosphere. So I always have something to do. So I purposefully didn't buy a case for my iPhone so that I knew as soon as my audition was over, I had to go to Apple and get a case for my phone on ah. purpose so that I wouldn't be sitting in the car or I wouldn't go home and be like, oh, did I do this action? Oh, how was my voice? What was the casting record doing? Did they nice. get my good side? And did you see all the guys in the waiting room? And it's like, I don't want any of that to enter into my mental atmosphere after the audition so i always have something to do oh it's fascinating so you silence the noise yes love that (laughs) yes that gets very loud (laughs) if you don't silence it yeah fantastic now before we go to our break here sir what qualities does a good actor possess i do think that an actor's inner life have to be really intact Mm. how you take care of yourself not just physically but your emotional state as well Because if you're depressed or if you're going through something, that energy follows you into the room. Right. And I've noticed casting directors pick up on weird energy very easily. So I think having your inner life intact, like what do you do to take care of yourself? Do you meditate? We're not talking about religion, but do you meditate? How do you center yourself? How do you silence your your negativity? Yeah. Like making sure that your your inner self is intact and you have a strong foundation. And also acting is not about you acting. Acting is always about the other person. I love that. Acting is reacting. So that means in order to react, you have to be paying attention to the other person. Right. Right. So that's one of the main qualities because you can tell when an actor is just waiting to deliver their line. That's so true. Yeah. You're dead on with that. I have a very good actor. I know who I've had on this podcast, I swear, says that one of the best qualities an actor can have is exactly what you just said, be giving. Mm-hmm. So true. So, yes. so true. My goodness. Anything else you want to throw in there? Or uh, The last thing I would say is be prepared, yet yeah. be flexible. 
Right. Don't right. be glued to everything that, that you went over in your process because the casting director said, oh, can we do it this way? But if you're so rigid, then that's not going to be a great look for you as an actor. Right. So come in. Yeah. And, and not good to work with. Sorry to interject there, but that, no, that, that, that's true. That falls Direct- itself on like, set. Yeah. Right. And you, yeah, if you're not directable, then they're not going to tend to bring you in. So be committed to what you went over for your, for your craft but also be flexible in the process as well. Ah, salute to that. I think that's great advice there. And I think this is a great place to take a short break here, sir, and uh, give you a chance to reset. I also want to give our listeners a chance to reset. And I kind of want to come back from our break and discuss some more stuff here. We've got some, some really good stuff to talk about. I want to talk about your company a bit. I want to talk to you about networking a bit. So yeah, let's, uh, let's take a short break here, if that's cool with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We're going awesome. Great. We're going to take a short break here, folks, and then we'll be back with more of Justin Key after this break. Do not go anywhere, folks. We will be right back. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. We are continuing a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful discussion here with Mr. Justin Key. And he so kindly discussed his journey into the industry. Shared quite a bit of pointers there for those tuned in. And for this half of the discussion, I do want to switch gears and do something a little different because I think you're utilizing your experience in a rather unique way here, sir. Now, you are the co-founder of Defying Gravity 101. Would you mind? Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. This, <laughs> this, stuff, this stuff fired me up. So, you know, stumbling across this, I was uh, like, this is fantastic. Now, would you mind kind of talking about the genesis of the company? Perhaps how you connected with Billy Goldberg, because he's fantastic, by the way. But And, and how you got this thing off the ground, because I think this is fascinating. By the way, let me, let me, let me give our listeners some context here. Let me give a little blurb here about what your company is. It's a company built on delivering a simple, effective, and profitable approach to performing artists who want to accelerate their success, build a portfolio of business interests, and link their passions to profits, truly evaluating their creative path. And I think that's um, quite profound. But yeah, let me just shut up here and and uh, <laughs> and become all years here because I think it's really fascinating what you're doing. Awesome. So Define Gravity 101 is a company, as you said, co-founded by myself and Billy Goldberg. Billy is an incredible human being. Billy owns the, the Buckeye Group in Beverly Hills, and it's a media consulting and marketing firm. And Billy was uh, my mentor. Wow. And so I teach entertainment entrepreneurship at Amda College and Conservatory of the Performing Arts. And so I asked Billy to come in to speak. And because Billy has been in the industry, I didn't want to lock him down on what to speak about. I say, you would know what to talk about when you come to my class. Right. And Billy came to speak to my class. The entire time, students kept turning around, looking at me 
to say, Justin must have told you exactly what the class is about because Billy spoke about all the principles of my class. Wow. And so he stopped the presentation and said, why are you all keep looking back at Justin? It was like, because you're saying exactly what he's been saying all semester. <laughs> even though I told Billy absolutely nothing wow. about what to speak about. And so we met and he was like, this is great. I think we have something here. So we had a brainstorming meeting in his office in Beverly Hills about we could potentially do this on a broader scale because right now only my students at the college, and it's a private college, so it's not like people can come in and sit in on the lectures. Yeah. So it was like, maybe we could start a company and help even more artists because so many people, as we said, they come to Hollywood thinking that it's mainly about talent. Right. If you're the best singer, oh I, oh, I can get a record deal. But do you know how to actually get a record deal? Do you know how to go in the studio and record a demo? Do you know how to get in contact with A&R? It's a business. And a lot of artists don't necessarily understand that. And, and you can tell from... From some of the, the scary stories in Hollywood, when you see, let's say, if TMZ breaks the news that a celebrity <laughs> owes the IRS $20 million. Right. And everyone in the U.S. is like, how do you not know that you owe $20 million? Mm-hmm. It's because they were more so focused on the talent aspect and just had people doing their business for them without really understanding business. And I always say you don't have to have an MBA, but you do have to have a good knowledge of the business side of the entertainment industry. So that's why we created Defying Gravity 101. And and the other component to Defying Gravity 101 is finding other things that you're equally, maybe not equally passionate about, but things that you love that will help you generate income. Because if you're an actor, but you absolutely love dogs, I mean, absolutely love dogs, well, have you thought about part-time doing a dog walking business? Right. A, a one that doesn't tie you down to a nine to five, but will allow you to make enough income to pay a good portion of your bills so right. that you have a flexible schedule to make your auditions. Because one thing that, that artists stress over ridiculously is what if you get it in most auditions come a day before. So if you get a call from your agent or your manager the day before saying you have an audition at two, but if you have to work, you're stressed out potentially telling your agent you can't make that audition and having them potentially drop you from their roster or telling your boss that you can't come in Mm, and potentially lose the job that's actually paying your bills. And so Define Gravity wants to eliminate as much stress as possible by giving you principles to actually thrive in the entertainment industry while working, but also pursuing careers and paths that you love doing while you're pursuing industry. I think that's fantastic. It's like really giving individuals the opportunity to realize and kind of unlock their own, you know, growth potential. Then one of the things that you talk about is the importance of being your own business. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you would, you know, could speak briefly about? I mean, I know you spoke about it, but I, I I just, it's such an important, uh, way of thinking that, yes. um, you know, I'll let you talk about that because that's, uh, I find that to be rather fascinating, but really important. Being your own business is, is something that actor friends of mine will say, Justin is on his soapbox. You, <laughs> as an artist, you are an entrepreneur. You are your own business. Whether you want to acknowledge that or not, your agent or manager 
They work for you. They work for you pay them. Right. And so being your own business, you have to know how to get an agent and a manager. You have to know the positions of each, where you stand in a relationship, where they stand in a relationship. You also need to know how to market yourself. You also need to know about the industry. You can't just be a great actor. You have to also know if you're your own business and act acting is the company, then what casting directors do you need to look out for? Right. And you have and you have to do your research because I would look foolish going and asking for an audition from one of the casting directors for Telemundo knowing that I don't speak Spanish. Mm, right. Mm. So it's like you have to do your research. You're your own business. No one else is responsible for you. So know the casting directors who's casting your type. Know your prototype. So who's in the industry currently working that's so similar to you that you could go out for that role as well? Right. Who are they signed with? Do your research, knowing the different percentages of paying, knowing how, how to file your taxes during tax season, which mm. we're in tax season now. Mm -hmm. And there's so many negative stigmas about taxes. And I'm like, you guys, you, 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 you're a business. Yeah. You can't listen. Like, let's, there's no way I love my family back home in Tennessee, but when it comes to, to show business, there's certain things I can't take their advice on. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. I'm my business. If things work, they work completely different from California to Tennessee entertainment industry versus farm and agriculture industry. Yeah. And your our bodies are instrument. Right. So mm -hmm. you really have to take care of that. So you can't eat McDonald's every day. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to go straight on all vegan, gluten free. I'm not saying you have to get a gym oh. membership at Equinox. Yeah, not not even I'm a Big saying, Mac. Just exactly. a little not even a Big Mac. A little little grand Big Mac. <laughs> now, I will allow you to have the French fries. Those <laughs> French fries are my weakness. I hear you on that. <laughs> but yeah. My bad. Yeah. My bad. I had to. <laughs> so you have to be your own business. You have to know how much, you, how much you're paying out of your taxes. Are you signing a 1099 or are you signing a W-4? These are mm, things right. that you need to know. Right. Yeah, you really know these things. So, so true. Oh, goodness. Now, it's scary you yeah. need to know them. Right. There's just no getting around it. And uh, it's cool what you're doing. By the way, you both do a lot of uh, speaking events, too. I think you did one recently, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, what have those experiences been like? Incredible. It's interesting. We, when we first created Define Gravity 101, we did a conference in Indianapolis, Indiana. It wasn't what we originally expected. Expected. Mm -hmm. We were presenting to a room of PhDs. Oh, interesting. The Randall School of Business at Indianapolis University saw Defying Gravity and it's like, oh, great. They have incredible principles because our principles, though our principles may say entertainment industry, they do translate over into several other industries. Yeah, they're, they're universal. So, exactly. Yeah. So these universal principles attracted the eye of the PhDs at Indiana University. And so they brought us in and we presented basically on how to be your own business, how to network and what network is, how to be able to tell a story to engage, how to be able to execute 
and how to use the things that you may like to do, but you have no idea that they can actually help you with your career goals. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to present. There was a line of a line of people afterwards wanting to speak to Billy and myself. Oh, my, I can imagine. Oh, fun. It was, it, was, it was absolutely incredible because because before then we were speaking to college students and artists. Yeah. So jump from that to a room full of PhDs. It was incredible. Wow. It was really. Wow. The reach is endless. By the way, you offer a book titled Defy Gravity 101 to the science of rising above. What's in that book? What can people expect if they uh, take a peek at that? So it's it's the principles, but going more in depth, mm. having stories, yeah. real life stories, because some people tend to like, oh, well, this is a great principle, but it's not realistic. Right. So we offer real life stories real life people who've actually done these things. And Billy and I personally live these principles. And when you can think about a kid who's the eighth of nine who grew up in a trailer on a farm using these principles now to live in Hollywood, I have photos all over the country performing on television and on stage with Kevin Hart, Taraji B. Henson, Justin Bieber, yeah. Will Ferrell. And then Billy always says, I'm a Jew from the Midwest. <laughs> living in Beverly Hills, owning several companies, using the same principles. And the principles work from a Jew from the Midwest and a Black Christian Southerner from Tennessee. <laughs> Both living these extraordinary lives in California. They work. Man. They're living that they work and so the book outlines and it outlines those principles and gives the reader real tools real to real tools to actually implement yeah. and use in their everyday life oh my that's fantastic really really fantastic by the way what are some goals that you guys have you know in 2017 for the company is there anything that sticks out that uh, you really would like to see happen yeah so what we're trying to do, we're, we really want to get the message out more. We've been trying to get as many speaking engagements as possible because we're not asking people to purchase anything. Yeah. Every, every principle that we have that we speak about, it's already inside of you. You just probably have them labeled as something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to shed light on those principles. And each engagement that we have, we receive such amazing feedback. And so, and when you see Billy and myself, and in this interesting, when you see the, the facial expressions, when we get up there and it's like, what? what? <laughs> like, they look, look like they come from totally two different worlds, but our energies align so well. And because I'm a goofy nerd and Billy and Billy is a goofy jock. So it <laughs> tends to our energy just surges when we're together and we have the degrees to back up. Right. everything that that we use we also have the resumes yeah the experiences and the, yeah then the personality just to be the cherry on top right so it's absolutely it's absolutely incredible so we're just trying to do as much as we can here in the US we've also got some inquiries for Europe as well so we're just we just really want to get the the information out about defying gravity 101 the principles and how to use them to really live the best life that you can. Oh, I love that. Fantastic name, by the way, and fantastic purpose. You know, I really appreciate the fact that, uh, and I personally find an interest in bringing folks on this program that are doing unique things 
in general, you know, using that mind, which is also a tool that needs sharpened, mm-hmm. you know, using that mind and you know the education to really help others and to spread information and to uh, empower people. And it's fantastic what you gentlemen are doing. I, I really think uh, it's fantastic. I think the uh, the sky is certainly the limit. Hopefully, you know, you receive more exponential growth in what you're doing because uh, I think it's wonderful. Uh, it really, really Thank is. You. Thank you. It really is. But what's next for you? You know, is there anything that you're currently uh, in production on film wise? Anything going on? What's what's going on? What have we got any cakes in the oven? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier in the show, so now it's pilot season. So I yeah. just met with the head of NBC Universal. I'm meeting with ABC in a few weeks and a couple of other networks. After then, I'm going out for as many pilots as possible. I am just oh, super yeah. Super, super excited, waiting for the phone call. Productive yeah. waiting for the phone call. So studying with some of the top acting coaches here in Los Angeles, making sure that I'm camera ready, making sure that my audition technique is at the best possible level and waiting on my dream role. Yeah, good stuff. Waiting, waiting on my dream <laughs> role. Definitely. Ready to play some more, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, Justin, I've got to do something here to you that I do to all of my guests. And um, <laughs> my gosh. And see, so you laugh now and I can't tell you this is going to be painful. This is going to be very painful. <laughs> Justin, I hate to do this to you. I mean, you've been so wonderful doing so many inspiring I, things. That's uh, good to be true. Yeah, it's it's this is this is pretty much going to seal the deal here. I mean, it's something that I do to all of my guests, but I've kind of remastered i mean i've i've just kind of engineered this particularly for you tonight sir this is something i've just got to do but i'm going to give you an option to opt out (laughs) if you don't want to go through with this you know (laughs) i'll give you that option so the offers there do you want to go through with this i mean it's going to be painful but oh so i get you asked before i know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you know what i this is something i always say fortune favors the brave so i'm going nice. to go with it. oh my gonna dive right in my goodness well just because you're a gentleman i'm gonna give you just a couple more seconds here to kind of think this over it's gonna give you a couple more a couple more listeners you know let's <laughs> let you think about it a little more Okay, I'll give you one more chance. Are you, do you, do you, you sure you want to go through with this, Justin? I mean, yes, okay. I'll, I'll, I will go through with this. Oh my goodness! All right, well, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Gosh, that was a lot of foreplay for a very little climax there, but that's all I'm sorry about. <laughs> so. Just we're looking for a fun fact here, something that people don't know about you. So this 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 fun fact has to be something that people listening don't know about you. And uh, the floor is yours. I'm putting the uh, spotlight on you, sir. A fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see a fun fact. Uh-huh. And, I, and, I, and I want a good one. I want a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this, okay, I have, I have a fun fact. Just, 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 just. 
I, 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 it could be interesting. So I every morning at 4.30 a.m. and I meditate and I'm oh. in bed by 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Nice. Good stuff. You're able to maintain that too? That discipline? Maintain it. The only, the only time it changes if my filming schedule is different, but Monday yeah. through Friday, my, my alarm goes off at 4.30. I wake up. I'm never groggy. I wake up extremely happy. I meditate. I pray and I go to the gym. My day starts at 4.30 a.m. every single morning. Wow, that is fantastic. Wow, that is... So first of all, meditation. Do you... Is there a certain amount of time that you do it for? Yes. So it ranges. Wow. Um, it's, it's nothing shorter than 10 minutes. Nice. Very good. But I, can, but I can't do just 10 minutes of meditation. And honestly, that is one of, that is one of the biggest secret weapons I have for my mental and physical success here in Los Angeles. Wow. Where, because when I meditate, I center myself and it's taking inventory of what I'm doing in my personal life, what I'm doing in my professional life. It shows me what I'm not doing right, what I'm doing wrong. And I'm able to change it because if I'm running so much and I'm being toxic or being negative mm -hmm. or having someone in my life that shouldn't be there, right. I'm not paying attention to it. But when I center myself, everything comes into perspective. Right. And I, meditation allows me to see that hear that and then when i'm out of meditation then i have the ability to change that oh it's fantastic i love meditation do you listen to anything while you meditate or do you do it totally silent i do it totally silent because i do it mm. at 4 30 no yeah. one's up yeah. It's, it, the, yeah the silence is incredible okay no headphones and you know maybe nope. talking somebody to talk you through the routine just kind of okay you know what i do um Russell Simmons app, meditation mm. app. So yes. I have used that because I was saying, oh, well, let me try it out. And I've had other friends that was like, oh, well, what do you, what do you use? And so I pick up, I use some of their, some of their methods as well. If I'm feeling spontaneous, but yes. I can, I can do complete silence. And usually within a minute or two, because I've been doing it for so long, usually a minute or two, oh, I'm in and oh, I'm, fantastic. and I'm, 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 I'm there. And then I, then my meditation is, oh, I love is that. yes that's fantastic very very cool fun fact there and um go exercise how much time do you usually put in, in the usually about an hour and 15 minutes yeah yeah good good deal good time to go get the juices flowing nice yeah before, before i i love to do everything in the morning before my day even starts so usually by noon even if i don't have to film or have an audition or have an engagement my days are done by noon. Wow. Because I, I wake up, once I finish my meditation, I work out with, and I have a thing where I read 12 books oh, a nice. year. Yeah. And so whatever book that I'm reading, I read for an hour. I also study French for an hour every day as well. Oh, nice. So, and of course I'm on board and, I, and I'm the eighth of nine. So I talk to my siblings. I talk to my parents. My nieces and nephews and my southern drawl tends to come back when I speak to them as well. <laughs> hey y'all, how y'all doing? <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, they've got to love seeing you on screen, huh? Got to trip they, them out. They, they do, and it's and it's and they they call and they're so excited and they're like, "Oh, you you look bigger on camera because you're skinny in person." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> hold up, 
Hold up, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Uh, I love that. Now, is there any advice that you would like to share with someone that might be listening to this podcast who may want to do what you're doing right now? Maybe they don't have the resources or the courage. Any advice you give that individual that might be listening? Yes. If you want to do what I'm doing, learn the craft and know the business. Don't just know how to act, mm, but also yeah. know the business of show business. Right. Because no one can take that knowledge or talent from you. Love that. Now, before we close tonight, feel free to plug anything you'd like. Websites, Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, whatever you want to share. How can folks, you know, stay up to date with uh, what's going on with you or get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Awesome. Um, if you want to get in contact with me or keep up with anything that I'm doing, I'm very active on social media. You can first try my website, which is justindkey.com, J-U-S-T-I-N-D, as in dog, K-E-Y.com. You can find me on every social media platform at justinkey101, J-U-S-T-I-N-K-E-Y-101. That's Facebook, Twitter, and instagram and your business site is uh defygravity101.com so folks certainly look out for that too and i'll leave that in the show notes uh too as well but uh my gosh i wanted to talk to you a little bit more about networking but we'll save that for another time because i think you did awesome. <laughs> you shared some great stuff here and you've been so kind to stay <laughs> as long as we did but um i really appreciate having you as a guest on this podcast, you're someone that's doing some wonderful stuff. I love you. what you're doing, even from an educational standpoint, from the creative standpoint, you really found a way to kind of merge those two. And I think that's a uh, stellar and I'm looking forward to seeing you in that role as the, uh, the professor there, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming up soon, man. I can, I can feel that. I can see that happening. And when it does, I'm going to say something about it. I'm going to have to, you know, joke with you about that on uh, social media. Cause I, I definitely please do. <laughs> I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming soon. But again, sir, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on this podcast and, you know, sharing a bit of your story with our listeners. It's been a blast to say the least. Definitely. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, folks, we are going to fade out here and he actually stayed up a bit later for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's time to fade out here. What do you think? I think it's a go. All right. Well, folks, that was Justin Key. My goodness. Make sure you check out everything that he's doing if you're not already doing so. And on that note, we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show and hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time tonight. I want to remind everyone that you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe to us there. Greatly appreciate that. Obviously, please spread the word about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. Again, thank you all for listening, and we will be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Justin Key. What a wonderful discussion that was. Fantastic stuff that he's doing over there at Defy Gravity 101. And as a creative himself, my gosh, he's in his vehicle on screen. Great, great discussion there. So make sure you check out his work. Most importantly, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this podcast tonight. Remember, this podcast cannot exist without you listening, so please spread the word about this show. 
show someone how to follow us on Twitter, show someone how to access us on the multitude of different podcast platforms.